Hi, this is Millie, and welcome to the Escaping Narcissistic Parents podcast, where you will find the validation and love you're looking for. Welcome to my new listeners, and as always, thank you to my loyal listeners. Without you, I wouldn't be where I am. Please follow me on Instagram if you don't already do so at Escaping Narcissistic Mothers, all one word, and I'll put that in the show notes. Also, please consider donating to my podcast so I can continue to give you great content and you can even get one-on-one coaching time with me. Patreon.com slash Narcissistic Parents and I will also put that in the show notes. Okay, so today's the first day that I have really felt better from my stomach bug. (laughs) I know I talked about it in my last podcast, because I kind of disappeared from Instagram and and podcast world for a couple of days. Um, So I'm actually not in bed. Um, I got up and I'm feeling much better today. Um, I just want to reiterate to please consider donating to Patreon. Um, You can donate as little as $2 a month just to to let me know how much you appreciate this. I know a lot of you have made a lot of positive changes um, based on my podcast and and my postings. Um, I'm only doing this because I... I'm not working. I can't work. And with the autoimmune disease I have, I couldn't possibly have a nine to five job. And a lot of you understand that. Um, and I need like a good microphone and that's what I'm, I'm trying to get out of this Patreon. Um, so I'm able to get a microphone that's decent and, and have a very good quality, um, podcast. Okay. So let's move on. I want to talk about the little things that a covert, specifically a covert narcissist, will do to us that is, is so little underhanded and sneaky, I guess is the best word, that we don't notice it or we might feel is bad and wrong and abusive because it feels bad to us, but we rationalize it in our head so much that we let the behavior go and never even mention it. Or if we do mention it, they're obviously going to, you know, use one of the typical phrases that I, I posted about yesterday. You're crazy. You're too sensitive. You know, that kind of thing. Okay. So one of the biggest things, and I just posted about it, and this is what gave me the idea. Um, Every single time, almost every single time that I would go visit my mother, and I'm talking as current as possible. I've been no contact for almost three and a half years now. So I'm talking in my 30s and 40s. I would go visit. She would get on the phone. Either she would make the phone call to a friend or she would pick up the phone if someone called her and I would be sitting in the living room playing with my phone or, you know, and I I would start to get annoyed when the phone call would be lasting a half an hour. 
until I would finally get up and leave. I would say to my father, I'm leaving. Now, I also I don't blame my mother 100% because my father being there should have told her, get off the phone. And then I would hear her say to whoever she was talking to, oh, wait a minute, I have to go say goodbye to my daughter. And then she'd get up and say goodbye to me, but that was it. She never, she didn't give me the time of day when I was over there visiting her, right? Which is wrong. It's actually something she would have probably said not to do to other people, to me, right? Because the narcissist lived by the rule, do as I say, not as I do. So she would have probably been like, no, you know, if someone is visiting, you give them your full attention, no matter who it is. If it's your child, more, you should give them more attention and more of your time than if it's just a stranger or a friend. Okay, that's really what should happen. So that's one thing that I let go for many, many years. And that used to happen, um, a lot of you have heard, it's, 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 um, jarring how much some of you know about me, but it's because I put it on the podcast, (laughs) um, that I used to live in New York. So even when I lived in New York, she would do this. And when I lived in New York to, to go to her house would take over an hour from where I lived. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm only 10 to 15 minutes away now, uh, by car, but yeah, I, I mean, it's horrible. And I'm sure a lot of you may have similar situations where you weren't being paid attention to. Um, some, some of these things I'm going to talk about fall under other categories like gaslighting and stuff like that. Not just little things they do. I'm just showing you that something that you may have considered to be small or excused away in your own mind because you weren't in a place to accept that your mother was doing this to you, um, can actually be very manipulative and abusive and giving you the message. You don't matter enough to me for me to hang up the phone and tell my friend, I'll call you back later. You know, I'm very respectful of other people. When I have one friend in particular, and I love her to death, and I have never gotten angry at her. When I'm on, a, on the phone with her, I call her, I'm on the phone with her, and someone calls. And she tells me I have to go, or sometimes she doesn't have to go, and she stays with me on the phone. I haven't never gotten upset with her over that. Because it's it's... She's not being a hundred percent of the time going, I gotta go, you know, this other phone call is more important. You know, I understand that she's busy, right? But the a narcissist, it's all about making sure that their needs are more important than yours and that you don't matter. So keep that in mind and I I don't want to bring up things for you. So I'm not going to say think about the things. No, if you're not thinking about it, that's fantastic. That's where I want to, I want you to get where I want you to get to a place where you're not constantly thinking about these things that this narcissistic parent did to you. 
Okay, so what's the, another example here? When my daughter was small, when she was little, um, if I told my mother, which I always did, right? Because I always thought I had a very close relationship with my mother. Yes, me too. I know a lot of you are going, oh my God. Yeah, how many times did you say you had a great mom and a great relationship with your mom? Yeah, crazy, isn't it, that we all thought that and it wasn't even close to being true. Um, If I would tell her that my daughter had, you know, a little cold, she had the sniffles, to, to put it mildly, you know, just a little cold, no big deal, no flu, no fever, just the sniffles. Um, my parents, and, and it got to the point where I could, you know, uh, foresee them doing this. They would show up to my house around lunchtime because my daughter liked those pizzas from 7-Eleven. <laughs> And my, my, they, they went to 7-Eleven, they got a pizza for her and, and then Mountain Dew or something and would come over uninvited. They didn't call me first. And then they would bring her the pizza and stuff. And, and I always knew it. Now, let's just start with that. You're not supposed to come over uninvited unless it's an emergency. Period. End of story. Right? No boundaries there. There were no boundaries. Now, granted, because they were my parents, I never put a boundary up there and say, you know what? Don't come over unless you call me and let me know that you're coming because I knew that the reaction would be very bad and very negative. They would freak out. They would tell me, you know, fine or whatever, and then they wouldn't come over at all. And it was my daughter, so I didn't want them to not come over. Okay, so what's the other part of that? The other part of that is that, so they come over uninvited when my daughter had the sniffles. And if I told her I was sick, like really sick, it didn't matter. I wouldn't even get a phone call. I wouldn't get a phone call. And this went on for years where I resented the fact that they paid so much attention to my daughter. And then when I was sick, it, there wasn't even a phone call. And if I needed something like the last time I got food poisoning before this time, whatever this was, a bug or, you know, like six years ago, my mother, I had to beg her pretty much call her and say, Hey, I can't even get up from the couch. Can you come over? I need to eat something. I need to, you know, And I'm not even going to go into what actually happened, but so I complained to her. I said, Hey, um, I've been sick and I haven't called you on purpose and you haven't called me. I basically put a little trap there, right? I, I didn't call her and she goes, that's not true. I call you when you're sick. I said, no, you don't. You only come over or call when Emily is sick. And then she made a point of the next night calling me. But that was one night. That was one time. So those are, I'm I'm considering that a little thing because it was a little thing. It was very little. She only made the effort one time and then back to normal. 
you know, if my daughter had the sniffles, she would run over here. They would run over here. And if I was sick, I wouldn't even get a phone call to, to see if I was okay. Okay. Um, this one, this next one I'm going to talk about goes into, this is reactive abuse. Okay. But it's something, I remember this because I remember how awful it made me feel when it happens, when it happened, um, and it used to happen often, um, but it's really reactive abuse, and, and you'll see in a second. Um, I, I grew up, I have to tell you a little bit of past, of my past, in order for you to understand. I grew up with two second cousins, because my first cousin is 20 years older than me, so me and him really, I mean, there's no way we were friends, <laughs> like real friends, um, so his kids are my, in, in closer to age of me, his son is 44, I'm 46, and his daughter is 40, and so she's six years younger than I am, and, and my mother would swoon over her, and just baby her, and call her all sorts of cutesy names, call her my little cotton ball, and little duckling, and and I remember, and I was young. I mean, I was maybe a preteen when this was happening. And it would upset me because it's like she was trying to make me jealous. And it did. I was still a kid myself, right? But at the same time, it's my cousin and I shouldn't feel that way, right? No, she was trying to make me jealous. It's okay to feel something when someone's poking you and telling you, feel jealous. I want you to feel bad. Feel upset about this. It's 100% okay. So I never said anything, but she could tell that I wasn't happy. I didn't like it. And guess what she'd do? Oh, are you, are you jealous? How could you be jealous? She's your little cousin. I'm just treating her that way because she's little. Yeah, okay. Well, um, you wanted me to be jealous. You know, that gives them all sorts of narcissistic supply, right? My reaction. She, she could see it in my face. And even if she couldn't see it, she made me... She, she brought it up. Right? So she, she, she would put it in my head that I was jealous, even if I wasn't, or even if that time it didn't bother me. Okay? So that's reactive abuse as much as poking you and prodding you and, and bringing things up to make you angry. And then when you're angry, they act like the victim. That's, this is reactive abuse too. So some of you may have a situation similar to this and be going, oh, crap, she did that on purpose and then made you feel bad for feeling the way that they wanted you to feel so that they could get narcissistic abuse, keep you under control and everything else. Um, the, the worst part of it is that my little cousin, she was my little 
doll. I loved and love her still so much that it's too bad. You know, everything that's happened in my family and the fact that I don't have much contact, contact with that side of the family, um, that she's n- not really a part of my family or a, in contact with me right now. Um, we talk, we, we text from time to time. I do have more contact with her brother, but with her, it's just, and it has nothing to do with my mother. It's just naturally happened, but it's a shame because I didn't love her so much when she was born. I was at the hospital. I was six years old and I remember anyway. Um, and this, this next example of something small, um, would be considered a white lie, would be considered a white lie in most cases. When it comes from a narcissist, it's a lie to keep up their facade. Remember I did that podcast about lying and why they lie? Well, one of the reasons is to keep up their facade of the perfect family of whatever. And I remember, I don't remember who my mother was talking to, but I do remember her saying this. And it could also be considered gaslighting. She was talking to someone and she told them, oh yeah, my husband takes my daughter to dances, school, the high school dances. Now, when I was in high school, uh, I went to an all-girl Catholic high school. I know I've, I've mentioned that a million times. You guys know this. Um, other all-boy Catholic high schools would have dances on a regular basis, either every Friday, every other Friday. So there was always a dance to go to. And I either went with my friend or friends by public transportation or one of my friend's fathers would take us. And this is important because my mother just said to whomever she was talking to that my dad would take me to dances all the time. I remember sitting there. I was a teenager and going, when has my dad ever taken me to a dance? And I, and I literally sat there trying to figure out when was the last time my dad had taken me to the dance. Okay, and this is one of the times that I would tell you your memory is true. Your memory is the correct one. They're gaslighting you and they're lying to the person they're talking to to keep up their um, perfect image. I know for a fact he didn't take me to dances and it's not because he wouldn't. I'm sure he would have. It has nothing to do with that. I'm going to tell you why. He worked the evening shift at his job. He worked from like four in the evening to midnight. I believe that was his schedule. He wasn't there on Fridays to take me to a dance. He never took me to a dance. Never. It was impossible. He was working. And the people he she was telling, I, I assume knew, but 
People will believe anything, even if, you know, time doesn't make sense. So with that one, she she gaslit me, lied to someone else, made me wonder if I was not remembering it correctly, but I was. So there you go. Those are little things. Not everything with a narcissist has to be a huge thing for it to be effective for what they want to put you down, keep you guessing, drive you crazy, make you feel bad about yourself. It could be a little thing. And it's the the culmination of all of those little things plus that one thing or two things that are big that make you go no contact. That make you realize this person is hurting me on purpose. And that's when you go no contact. It's when you really get that in your head. That what they're doing to you is on purpose. That's what happened with me. And that's what's going to happen with you. And when you realize they're never going to change. Right? That That's, that's when that comes about. Um... My podcast about going no contact are really popular and I may make another one because I can talk about that forever and, and talk about different aspects of going no contact. So I will talk about this again, but there you go. Even little things that seem harmless can be very harmful. All right, guys, thank you for listening. I really appreciate you being here. And like always, I send you my love, I send you my calm, I send you my, uh, my good vibes for health and strength and well-being. And until next time.